Money FM 89.3, I'm Clarissa Montero in good company this afternoon. I'm with Dr. Tan Kok Hien, Professor for Gestational Diabetes. Good afternoon, welcome. You are Group Director, Academic Medicine, Sing Health and Senior Associate Dean, Academic Medicine, Duke NUS. Yes. Now, I'm a layman, so you'll have to start right at the beginning and explain a little bit more about gestational diabetes? Well, gestational diabetes actually means diabetes in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Gestation means pregnancy itself. And as we know, uh, the risk of having diabetes actually get manifested during pregnancy. Okay. Because pregnancy itself, there are hormones that will predispose someone to be diabetic. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's almost what, like what causes that. Why do the hormones do this? Yeah, the the, the hormones are actually secreted in SF, the you know the female hormones, mm-hmm. and this itself affects the action of the insulin. I see. The insulin is related to diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, lack of it, or the so-called ineffective action of the insulin will cause diabetes. Okay, and somehow or other, the pregnancy hormones interfere with that. In I fact, see. In fact, I can say that pregnancy is almost like a stress test. So if you are predisposed to diabetes in your later life, mm-hmm. it will show during pregnancy. I see. Yeah. So, so if you have gi- gestational diabetes, it might be a precursor to you actually having diabetes even after in your later years, two, three, five years later. Yes. Of course, the diabetes, most of them will, you know, re- after delivery, mm-hmm. there is no more diabetes. Mm-hmm. But it is an indication that uh, as you get older, mm-hmm. the chance of, di- of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, will be higher. I In see. fact, uh, within the group of patients who have gestational diabetes, they are one of the highest risk groups of having type 2 diabetes in a uh, later part of their life. Okay. So what is the risk to both mother and child with gestational diabetes? Well, the risk can be quite serious. I think to the baby, one of the most important and obvious points is that the baby can grow abnormally large, unhealthily big. We call mm-hmm. it this term, medical term called macrosomia. Okay. And it can be you know, sometimes more than 4 kg. And, and that itself uh, becomes a problem during delivery as well. Okay. And the baby, the baby is born, there will be metabolic disturbances in terms of the electrolytes. And uh, this will also cause difficulty as well. And one very important thing is also the lungs are not as well mature. I because see. of diabetes, a certain part of the production of this substance called surfactant mm-hmm. is actually low. And in that case, the lungs cannot expand that well. We call it a respiratory distress syndrome. Okay. So, uh, also a very important point is that if the diabetes is not well controlled, uh, there is this uh, unfortunate thing that uh, the, the, the patient might experience, uh, you know, the sudden intrauterine death. Basically, in the sense that the fetus uh, will have de- demise inside the womb. Okay. Because if the diabetes is not very well controlled, uh, mm-hmm. that causes a lot of derangement of the whole system with, within the womb and the baby. Okay, so we're talking about control during gestational diabetes. Yes. What can be done? Because you're, you're dealing with a pregnant woman. Yes. You have to be a lot more, let's see, what would be the word, concerned about what you do to her? Yes. It's, yes. You have to be a lot more careful about what kind of medications you can give to her. Yes. Correct? So how yes. do you control it? 
Well, the first thing actually is to is, is to find out who has gestational diabetes and who do not have gestational mm-hmm. diabetes, because it is not obvious, you know, from you know from the examination itself. Mm-hmm. We really, we really have to screen for uh, women mm-hmm. for gestational diabetes. Is there a specific group, age group, or or type of woman, you know, in a different part of her term of her life that is a high at higher risk of this, or is is it really random? Well. Uh, there's a high risk group. The high risk group are those who are uh, older, mm-hmm. above 35 years of age. That's one thing. Or those who have a high BMI, uh, above you know 25 or 30 is okay. even higher. That so uh, age as well as the BMI are very important factors. And of course, also the race itself, the ethnicity itself. Compared to uh, the Caucasian population in the West, mm-hmm. the Eastern population, Malay, Indian, Chinese, mm-hmm. are actually at much higher risk. Really? Yes. In fact, of course, if we will say which of our races in uh, Singapore had a high, slightly higher risk, I would say Indian, followed by Chinese, mm-hmm. followed by Malay. Okay. After adjusting for their age and their weight. Okay. So would this be diet-related? Would this be it's just in the DNA? Well, genetic factors plays a large part. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned before, because the risk factors as you grow older... You get older older and your BMI. And your BMI is higher, it actually will increase your risk of gestational diabetes. But having said that, the the prevalence of gestational diabetes is now about 15%. Mm -hmm. And and this makes us really, we want to screen all women because the incidence is getting quite high. So even those who are not in the high-risk group, sometimes they, because of genetic reasons, they actually have gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So we have done studies and we found that it's actually worthwhile. It's actually more cost-effective. To, to screen, screen everybody. Yes, to screen everyone with a test mm-hmm. uh, to check for gestation. So what is the test and when is this screening done? This screening is usually done between 24 to 28 weeks of gestation. Mm-hmm. And it's by a oral, that means it's just by a glucose drink. Okay. Right? Uh, it's a 75 gram load drink. It's an mm-hmm. orange drink. Mm-hmm. They will fast overnight. Mm-hmm. And then we will take the, when they come in the morning, we will take their fasting blood uh, glucose level, the, sh- the, uh, the sugar level. Okay. And then we'll, they, she will drink the 75 gram load itself. And then at one hour and two hours, we will take the blood again. And then we will look at the values of the fasting, one hour and two hours, and compare it against the, uh, the norms. Sure. Right? So above a certain criteria, then we will, she will be labelled as having gestational diabetes. Okay. We are talking to Professor Tan Kok Hian, gestational diabetes. Okay, now we've talked about that. We've, it doesn't sound like a particularly invasive screening test. So, it's, it, you know, you just take a drink and you yes, wait for correct, a couple yes, of hours, yes. right? So that shouldn't be too uncomfortable. Right. But once a pregnant lady is diagnosed with it, then what do you do? Well, so the test will really tell us who have gestational diabetes mm-hmm. and who do not have gestational di- diabetes. For those with gestational diabetes, we actually will uh, give some form of education uh, to tell them, you know, there's a need to monitor themselves. So mm-hmm. sometimes we bring them together and teach them about how to have the diet uh, okay. in a certain Let's shift way. Shift the diet a little bit. Yeah. So to consider their dietary education as well as uh, in terms of I think their lifestyle of, of activity itself. And also we also check their blood levels itself because uh, some of them can be mild, some mm-hmm. of them can be severe. Okay. So if we check their levels and they are quite mild. Mm-hmm. 
they can actually be controlled. You know, their diabetes can be controlled by just simple dietary measures. Okay. You know, do not overeat with certain calories, about 2,000 calories. Diet. Even though they're pregnant, because, you know, people always tell you when you're pregnant, you have to eat more because you're feeding too, etc., etc. So even if they're pregnant, they are, they're looking at caloric count and, and high-value foods that, you know, and, and looking at the sugar intake and stuff like that. Yes, yes. I think there has to be a mind shift change mm-hmm. uh, in, in education because a lot of our, uh, in fact, all women, uh, especially local, who thinks that the more they eat, the better it is. For the baby. The, yeah, the bigger the baby is, the better <laughs> it is. But I think we have to change because uh, the key thing is moderation. And the key thing here is having a balance, an optimal size, mm. an optimal diet itself. You shouldn't be under, you shouldn't be go over it itself. Sure. So in terms of the baby size, what for us, when they, when they deliver the baby, the baby is best uh, you know, to be between a certain, usually it's about 3.2 kilograms. So we, it's from 2.5 to 4 kg. Anything below and above this are considered small or large itself. Right. So we, we need to have an optimal range uh, where we have the baby. And similarly, when you uh, take food during pregnancy, you're not taking for two. You're just taking a little bit more. In fact, actually, it's calculated that you need uh, additional 300 calories uh, on top of your usual calories diet, which is about, you know, 1,008, you need another 300 calories. That's enough. You're not That's eating. all. Yeah, you, you don't need that. You're extra, right. It is you a very big shift in... <laughs> yeah. You do not need to double your your you know right. your, yeah, your meals yeah, yeah. Your, yeah. your your calories yeah. during pregnancy. I, I think this is very important. I, I and the my shift change is not because in the past we have been so worried. We have been so worried about you know small babies, mm. and rightly so because uh, last time there was poverty, there was malnutrition. But now we are affluent society, so mm. we see a shift towards the other end of the problem itself. In fact, for the pregnant woman, uh, we I actually measure the BMI of all. Or pregnant woman, mm. and guess what? Ten percent are underweight, twenty mm-hmm. percent are overweight, and another ten percent are obese. Wow! During so, the pregnancy, yeah. So we are dealing with a thirty percent oversight compared to a ten percent underside, right? So for those who are underweight and underweight, we ask them to eat a bit more than the usual recommended mm-hmm. itself. We ask mm-hmm. them to gain a bit more weight uh, than that. And for those who are overweight, obese, we say, oh, maybe you should cut down a little bit more. You don't really need to eat so much itself. So there has to be a, a balance. And I think this is a very important mind shift change for all pregnant women uh, in Singapore and maybe in the whole world as well. That's very, very interesting and, and quite mind-blowing to me as well. We are talking to Professor Tan Kok Hien for Gestational Diabetes. He's Group Director, Academic Medicine, Sing Health. Okay, so you talked about gestational diabetes in, in different women. Some of them are very mild, so you can you know sort of shift the way they eat. What about the women in, in a higher risk group where, where their levels come back higher? How do you treat their gestational diabetes? Well, those we tell you, I think besides, you know, besides the diet and the exercise advice, mm-hmm. uh, they would have to be on medication. Right. And it can be oral medication mm-hmm. or it can be in, uh, injection and that is uh, insulin. Okay. And we will try to titrate, you know, the, the amount of the medication so that the, the values, in the, the, the sugar values in mm-hmm. the body are constant throughout itself. We are going to 
what they call too high, mm. hyper or too low, hypoglycemia. Because right. both hyperglycemia and both hypoglycemia are not good. They, they are, they are, so we try to maintain a certain medication regime that will be beneficial for them. And with this, usually we will have a multidisciplinary clinic itself. Mm-hmm. We will have the pharmacists, the dietitians, the obstetrician who is actually managing the pregnancy and also endocrinologists as well to be able to manage together the issues relating to gestational diabetes who are on insulin or who are on medication. Okay, we're talking to Professor Tan Kokian. You're also Division Chairman, Division Obstetrics and Gynecology, KK Women's and Children's Hospital. As a woman, if I want to get pregnant, I think maybe I might be at risk of gestational diabetes, prevention being the best form of medicine. Is there something that I can do to make sure that before I get pregnant, I'm eating better, I'm healthier so that I don't have a gestational diabetes problem when I do get pregnant? Yeah, I think we definitely emphasize on prevention uh, issues as well. Mm-hmm. I think before a woman get pregnant, uh, you know, you must have good lifestyles mm-hmm. uh, in terms of good habits itself. So you don't want to, you know, put on a lot of weight before. I think we have done a study where if you put in a lot of weight, you have the difficulty getting pregnant as well. Okay. And so it's important to have the optimal weight itself before you go into the pregnancy. So that will actually reduce your chance of having gestational diabetes. Okay. And if you have gestational diabetes after you have delivered, it's also very important to be able to eat, to be able to control in your, your lifestyles as well as your diet so that you will have an optimal weight and your chances of developing the type 2 diabetes will be lowered. Uh, it has been calculated that uh, for those women with gestational diabetes, there's a lifetime risk of about 60 to 70% of developing type 2 diabetes. Okay, which is quite serious. Yes, and w- but with, with you know, good lifestyle, behaviour, uh, good monitoring itself, we can actually reduce the possibility of this, maybe reduce these chances of becoming type 2 diabetes. Or if, if it becomes, there's no, then it will actually delay the onset of type 2 diabetes and also make it milder as well. So that's, that's an important concept as well, before, during and after itself. And another really important point is that if we do not control, for example, the woman is obese and becomes mm-hmm. gestational diabetes and doesn't want to control it and deliver a baby that is, you know, a big size, more than 4, 4 kg, okay. you're actually creating on a effect, a, a generation effect that a baby who is, you know, uh, fat when it's been delivered is, is destined to have this risk of becoming fat during the adult time. Do they also hold a higher risk of being diabetic? Yes, correct. So, so if, if, so that's, that's, Represents a chance where we. That's why it's even more important to control because you are actually not only reducing, not only controlling the factors there. You are trying to reduce the risk of the baby who, in adult time, will have less of the metabolic issues, mm-hmm. be it in terms of obesity, diabetes, or cardiac TR disease itself. Okay. So as I say, both ways, you are trying to have a normal weight baby sure. rather than a low birth weight baby, which also has a problem. A low birth weight is also designed to have heart disease. Okay. High birth weight will also have problems uh, during the adult life. So I think the concept here is very important for all of us to recognize that it's very important to control before, during and after. Okay. So we've talked about before and during. Let's talk about late stages of pregnancy right before delivery. Yeah. 
of a woman who is suffering from gestational diabetes? What risk might she be facing at delivery? Of course, one of the most outstanding factors about uh, gestational diabetes is that the baby is big. So if the baby is big, uh, there would be a higher risk that we might opt for this mode of uh, delivery, which is caesarean uh, section. And which is why for patients with gestational diabetes, there's actually a higher risk of caesarean section uh, higher than the you know the normal population itself. Okay, the baby's born and baby's healthy. Right. You know, thankfully for everyone. What does the mother who has had to deal with gestational diabetes look at next? Does she continue to? watch her diet, make sure that it doesn't come back if she wants to have more children? Is it a lifestyle change that is a permanent lifestyle change? Because as you said, potential occurrence of her getting type 2 diabetes down the road. Yes. So does that mean that, okay, I've been diagnosed as gestational with gestational diabetes. From now on for the rest of my life, I have to be very careful. Uh, yes, I would gather that uh, that would be the best way to do it. But I, I just have to say that after delivery, you know, the sugar levels goes down oh, back, okay. to, to, back to normal for a while. Mm-hmm. We, we do try to distinguish between the various uh, groups because some of them, although it goes down, but they actually didn't go back to the normal. And okay. some of them may still remain as diabetic. they actually type 2 diabetes. Some of them, they may, what you call, call into the impact range where, where they are somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And some of them actually goes to the normal mode itself. So so we have actually three categories okay. because we, we actually, to differentiate this, three categories, six weeks after delivery, we will again do the you know oral glucose tolerance test. I see. And then okay. we will divide them into these three groups and then we'll give our you know advice accordingly. Okay. Of course, those weary di- diabetes group, we, we will refer to the endocrinologist and, and they will have to follow the regime of, of, a diabet- of a diabetic uh, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impact and it, we will actually have to do closer follow-up. Having said that, uh, we have a guidelines that now, uh, because I'm chairing this co- uh, community, is we have decided that anybody who is a gestational diabetic and whose oral glucose after delivery is normal, they will be have to be follow up regularly at least once every three years okay. to check whether they have uh, diabetes or not. Professor Tan Kok Hian, thank you so much for talking to us. Professor Tan Kok Hian is Head and Senior Consultant for Perinatal Audit and Epidemiology, KK Women's and Children's Hospital, Euromoney FM 89.3.